Welcome to another episode of Search News You Can Use with me, Dr. Marie Haynes. This is episode number 153 of Search News You Can Use, published on Wednesday, October 7th of 2020. And it's been kind of a crazy week again. So many issues with indexing, although Google says they're resolved, they're not. So I'm going to give you our experience and what we're seeing in terms of these indexing issues, although we haven't got it all figured out. So I'll share with you what we've seen. Uh, The biggest date is September 21st. So if your traffic was affected September 21st, you're definitely going to want to listen to this. Uh, We've got some interesting news to share, uh, an interesting question that came up on Twitter. I'm going to ask this now, and I'll give you my thoughts further on in the podcast. Would you ask for a link from a friend who owns an unrelated website. There was a poll done on this and the results really surprised me. So if you had a friend who had an unrelated website and you have this brand new website and you're trying to get links to it, would you ask your friend to link to you from this unrelated website? Uh, So we'll uh, give my thoughts on that. We've also got a couple of mini site reviews. This is something new that I'm doing with podcast. If you want to fire up your browser and get these sites open and give your thoughts on them, or at least Think about your thoughts on them. The two sites are ladyleeshome.com, lady, L-E-E-S, home.com, and also prettypurpledoor.com. Two very interesting sites. We're going to look at that. We're going to answer the question that came in as well. uh, Should you no-index your terms and conditions page and also your privacy policy pages? Uh, Interesting thoughts on those. So let's start right away by getting into this indexing stuff. I don't know how much I can add from what we've talked about last week other than to say that it's a complete mess. Um, So let me sort of recap what we know. Uh, If you've been following me on Twitter, I, I... did a thread that sort of talks about here's all the things that we know uh, and I'll, I'll break that down because not much has changed since uh, a couple of days ago. Um, so first of all Google came out and tweeted via the Google search liaison account we are currently working to resolve two separate indexing issues that have impacted some URLs one is with mobile indexing the other is with canonicalization how we detect and handle duplicate content. In either case pages might not be indexed Next. And uh, what we saw was that a very, very large number of websites were affected. Now, I don't have the number right in front of me. I think it was something like 0.2% of uh, websites across the web were affected, which seems like a very small number. But when you think of the trillions of websites that exist, uh, that leaves a lot of websites that had some issues uh, with indexing, with traffic. And this doesn't seem to be just about indexing to me, because we have clients that are seeing increases Uh, across the board, like not just with one or two pages and similarly decreases on pages that are still indexed, uh, but, uh, but getting much less traffic. So, um, you know, Google shared on October 2nd. So as I record this, it's October 7th. So five days ago, Google shared that they had fixed the issue, whatever the issue was, uh, but that it would take time to be completely resolved. And as of October 5th, so two days ago, they told us that 25% of the URLs that were impacted by the canonical issue and 50% of the URLs impacted by the mobile first indexing issue had been restored. Um, So we went back and checked a bunch of our client data. Uh, Initially, I didn't think that we had too many sites affected by this because we didn't have sites that had pages drop out of the index, as far as I can see. But we have had lots of sites have traffic 
changes. Uh, and those changes, for the most part, start on September 21st uh, of 2020. So if your traffic increased on September 21st, then it's possible that you've increased at the uh, expense of others. So let's say that a competitor, you know, for whatever random reason, had pages de-indexed by this uh, issue, and then those pages are no longer competing against your pages, uh, then it makes sense that you would be seeing increases. Uh, and similarly, if you had pages de-indexed, you'll see decreases. Uh, we shared in our premium version of newsletter some screenshots of clients of ours that have uh, significant changes on September 21st, and there is zero reversal of these changes so far. So for those that had nice improvements, this is really nice. We like to see that, but we still have some clients that uh, are seeing a decline since September 21st uh, that we really can't figure out. So in all honesty, I haven't spent as much time digging into this as I have with some other updates, uh, simply because Google told us it was a bug. Now, sometimes bugs we can get information from. Um, uh, you know, August, we talked about, uh, I think it was August 10th, there was uh, a glitch that caused pages to very low quality pages to suddenly jump up and start ranking. And we actually learned from that. We, we had a number of clients where we looked at the pages that were now ranking and uh, we said, well, look, these pages have serious issues on them. You know, maybe they were pages that contradict scientific consensus for medical posts. Uh, you know, maybe they were pages that completely lacked references. They were pages that we really would not recommend Google ranking, uh, and they popped up on August 10th. Now, that was something exciting to look at because it sort of gave us a, like, we don't know exactly what went wrong, but it gave us a bit of a clue to say, well, look, across the board, like, we're seeing tons of clients where their low-quality pages are starting to rank during this Google glitch. And we think something broke at that time with whatever Google does, whatever their process is in determining what is spam, what is low quality. With the September changes, I don't really, I couldn't make a tie there. Um, it's not like, like the sites that are seeing improvements are good sites that really should see improvements. It's not like low quality stuff is is starting to improve. Um, similarly, the, the sites that are seeing drops, uh, it's, confusing because they're, you know, they really shouldn't <laughs> from what we understand about quality. So I think there will be more that comes from this. Who knows what Google is doing? Um, but I think that we'll find some more information on uh, what it is and that this is still a glitch. So I, I wouldn't, huh, I, I was going to say I wouldn't spend too much time looking into it. But if your traffic's dropping, well, you probably do want to look into what's causing this. So one of the first things I would recommend doing is looking to see if your traffic dropped because your page is no longer in the index. And if that's the case, then now that this issue is fixed, you really should be able to resubmit your page. You can do that through Google Search Console um, and submit it to the index. And if Google had previously been treating it as a duplicate of another page, and that's what caused it to fall out of the index, then resubmitting the page really should uh, fix the problem. Glenn Gabe tweeted uh, a few recovery stories. One, he says, awesome to see URLs getting indexed again that were incorrectly canonicalized due to the Google bug. Here's a top performing URL for a news publisher that dropped off a cliff. And as of late Thursday, this was last week, uh, it popped back into the index and gained impressions and clicks. Now, 
This situation, actually, that Glenn tweeted about might be a little bit different because last week, Google also had issues with indexing Google News. <laughs> and so that's confusing as well. And that is apparently a completely separate issue from whatever happened around September 21st. So uh, are you confused more now? Because I know you listen to this podcast to try to understand things, and I don't think I did a really good job of explaining that for you. Um, so we've been holding off on doing further analysis on these changes, just given that Google's told us it's a bug on their side. Um, our hope was to be able to analyze which pages and sites saw significant changes in rankings and traffic and see if I could determine patterns amongst those pages. But so far, we really haven't found any obvious commonalities. And uh, my thought right now is this is just some very, very random bug on Google's side. We're going to be keeping an eye on this. We've had a lot of people reach out to say that, yes, your traffic is down in the end of September. I keep saying September 21st, but uh, really... The 20th to the 24th seems to be where these significant indexing issues were happening. Uh, so we're going to watch those sites that um, did not have a reversal and see if things change by next week. I'll report back to you next week on uh, you know what we're seeing there. But for now, uh, let's just keep an eye on things and hopefully Google gets their act together soon. Let's talk about syndicated content. Uh, this was a good find by Glenn Gabe in one of the recent help hangouts. I haven't caught up with the most recent help hangout, so that's it's hopefully on my agenda for next week. We got a lot of stuff going on here at MHC. Um, so thank you, Glenn, for catching this. Syndicating content. So when you syndicate content, there's a, you know, a couple of ways you can do that, but the general idea is, let's say I publish something, and then there's a whole network of sites that will republish my article, uh, and maybe that's by design. Uh, John says, uh, John Mueller says, if it's seen, it is seen as duplicate content. If you syndicate content, then you have to live with this, John says. Google will choose one URL to rank in the SERPs and maybe not yours. The way around that is to not syndicate your content. So here's an example. Let's say that I wrote a blog post um, and I syndicated it and uh, sent it out to Moz and Search Engine Journal and SEMrush and a bunch of different uh, publications. And let's say these guys all publish my article, and so do I. You would think that uh, Google would figure out that MarieHaines.com is the originator of that article, uh, and you know would treat that as the canonical. But the thing is, uh, you know, Moz or SEMrush or Search Engine Journal, they have more authoritative signals than my site does. Uh, and so it's certainly possible that Google would find the same article exists on Moz, for example, and might say, well, this is the one we're going to treat as the original. Uh, even though that's not the case. And when that happens, there's really not a lot you can do from your side to fight against that. So if this is part of your model, is you produce content and then you allow other people to publish your content, you need to keep in mind that that content could potentially uh, you know, not rank for your site if you have the same content on your site. So how do you fix that? You know, John says one, the way around that is to not syndicate your content. There are ways to syndicate uh, and, and also signal to Google that uh, the original post is on your website. Probably the best way to do that is to get the person who publishes the post to use a canonical tag. And the canonical tag would point back. So in this case, you know, if the article was published on both Moz's site and my site, I would ask Moz to put a canonical tag uh, on their article uh, that points to the site 
same page on mariehaines.com. Now, I, I mean, very clearly, this isn't done for obvious reasons, because if I provide Moz with content, uh, they want content that can be indexed. And if I put a canonical tag on it pointing to my site, well, then all that's doing is just helping my site rank better, uh, and I'm not likely to get that content published on Moz. So this is something to think about that, you know, just because you are the originator doesn't necessarily mean that uh, that Google is going to recognize that. So if you're syndicating content and you're seeing that the versions of the content that are copied from the original version are actually outranking you, then uh, that could be by design. Now, one of the things I want to caution people on is um, being careful how much syndicated content you put on your own website. Uh, so let's say your website, you know, is consists of 90% content that is given to you from other people uh, and is actually duplicated from other sources. Well, I made that number 90% up, but if a large percentage of your content uh, is not original, is taken from other sources, then this probably can impact you in the eyes of the Panda algorithm. So if you, you know, I remember one of the first websites that I set up uh, it was a local business. And what we did was we grabbed news stories from, uh, the local newspaper and then we reran them on our website. I mean, I had no idea when I first started about duplicate content. Um, and so, you know, if Google saw that, like the vast majority of our content is just stuff that you could get on, uh, local news sites, why would they want to give credence to our site? So you really want to be careful about syndicated content. It's, it's fine if, you know, if it's working well, for you and you're spreading content around, uh, not for SEO reasons, but rather to get your brand awareness up, uh, then that could be a good thing. But I think a lot of websites are publishing, you know, multiple versions of their content uh, in a risky way. So uh, just be aware of that. Um, moving on, WordPress now allows you to add RelEqual Sponsored to links. I think most of you know when to use RelEqual Sponsored. Uh, last year, Google gave us these two options now that we can tag links with in the HTML. One is RelEqual Sponsored, and the other is RelEqual's UGC. Uh, and so uh, Christina Azarenko tweeted uh, a screenshot that shows a dropdown. I don't know if this is just from her WordPress theme or if it's native to all WordPress themes now. Um, but uh, you can choose on each link whether to mark it as no followed or whether to mark it as a sponsored link. I don't know if UGC is an option there. Oh, wait, hang on. Uh, apparently the recent versions of WordPress will also add rel equals UGC, so user generated content, to all links posted in the comments section. This is excellent and maybe this will cut down on uh, some of the blog comment spam. You know, I'm, I'm still getting blog comments from people whose names are cheap NFL jersey. You know, who, whose mom would you name you cheap NFL jerseys? Come on. Like, a very obviously, people are still trying to do comment spam, and my hope is uh, that this really should die out. Um, it can't be effective anymore. Uh, there was a day many years ago where if you could get enough links from WordPress blogs uh, and comments that, uh, that it would move the needle, but if that's your method now, I'd really urge you not to try to be link building by um, spamming other people's comment sections. Let's talk about this poll that Tim Solo uh, from Ahrefs had uh, put on Twitter. He said, how about one more link-related poll? So you've just launched a new website, and you have three friends who have websites, but on totally different topics from yours. Would you bother asking them to link to you? So what do you think? 
Well, how would you answer this question? My answer was immediately to say, yeah, you, you want to give me a link, I'll take it. You know, if my friend runs a, a, a site about plumbing in Ottawa, um, you know, and they're willing to put a link to say, you know, to, to my website, even though it's not related at all to plumbing, I would still take it. Um, now, I see uh, the, the results of this poll were very surprising because 63% of the 402 people who answered said no. They would not want, they would not ask their friend a link to them. Now, maybe there's other aspects to this. Maybe it's like nobody likes to ask for a link, right? Uh, and, and so maybe I just don't want to bug my friends. But if the question is, would I take a link from an unrelated site? Yes, of course I would, yes. Now, the reason why people are saying that they wouldn't want that link is that it does seem that the links that Google is counting lately, the links that really move the needle, are ones that are true recommendations. And so, you know, if, if, if somebody writes, let's say Barry Schwartz writes an article uh, about some SEO-related thing, and he links to our article on EAT, look, that's a good thing because Barry's got an SEO blog and we have an SEO company and uh, also, Barry is an expert in uh, the field of SEO. He's seen as an authoritative figure in this field. Uh, and so having him link to my article would be very relevant. It would be a really good link. But let's say that, you know, Barry was just a blogger friend of mine who blogs about, I don't know, I'm, I'm uh, lawn care, uh, you know, something completely unrelated to SEO. And let's say I reached out to Barry and said like, hey, I'm just really trying to boost my website presence. Is there any way you could find a way to link to me uh, in my SEO website? Now, this is tricky, right? Because why would a lawn care uh, business link to an SEO company? It's still possible though, and, and you can find ways. I mean, sometimes you gotta sneak links into pages that make absolutely no sense, and maybe Google won't pay any attention to those. Um, but I think you could still put on your about page, you know, hey, I just wanted to give a shout out to my friend Marie who has this great SEO website and link to me. That's that's fine. Now, uh, one of the things that's come up is, well, you just asked for that link. Is it a natural mention? John Mueller has said many times in the past that it's perfectly fine to ask somebody for a link. Um, and with that in mind, uh, if you're listening to this, I would love for you to link to mariehaines.com. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, well, maybe I'm not. Maybe I do want you to link to our website. Um, but so here's the thing. It's not wrong to get a link that is not completely relevant to your website. It's possible, though, that Google would ignore that. So why did so many people answer no to this poll? And I think it's because people are afraid that if you get too many irrelevant links that you are heading towards a Google penalty. And this really is an issue uh, when it's done with intent. In, in my mind. So again, like let's say I have a friend who has a new website. It's one thing if I ask him or her to link to me, but if all of a sudden I have 200 friends uh, with brand new websites and all of them link to me, well, then that starts to look like a pattern. Um, and it looks really, you know, if you find a link building method that scales, most of the time it's something that Google just wants to ignore. So I, I think I've probably beaten that uh, answer to death here, but uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts. You know, you can tweet at me, Marie underscore Haynes, and, um, you know, let me know what you think. Would you take a link from an unrelated website, uh, or do you feel like that could potentially hurt you? Uh, it'd be interesting to have a discussion on that.
Um, in terms of local SEO, there was some fluctuation in uh, rankings. We can see um, that the the number that the um, the local flux tool gives uh, has gone up just very slightly. And we've seen a little bit of fluctuation amongst local rankings for uh, some of our clients who have local uh, listings. I think this is probably still connected to the indexing issues that we had. The local rankings, it's a separate algorithm from the organic rankings, but they're very connected. Uh, and so if anything affects organic rankings dramatically, it has the ability to uh, to affect local rankings. So we'll be keeping an eye on that, and I'll uh, hopefully update you next week as to whether um, anything changed in terms of local rankings that we're aware of. There are some changes to Google My Business Insights. There's new metrics that uh, some people are getting. I didn't see them yet in any of my clients. Um, the metrics include how often people have contacted you with reports about searches and how many people saw your profile. Uh, so that's kind of interesting. Um, we've got some stuff in newsletter about uh, more clarification from Google um, surrounding when a service area business can have multiple listings. This is really confusing and I don't want to just gloss over it. So I would encourage you to read either newsletter or we've linked to an article that Joy Hawkins wrote on uh, from Sterling Sky on this very topic. Um, and she explains that one of the most common reasons behind a Google My Business suspension is due to having multiple GMB listings when you're not eligible to do that. Uh, so if you're confused about, you know, what you can do there, then I really would encourage you to uh, to head over to mariehaines.com slash newsletter, episode number 153, or to find the latest post on sterlingsky.com because it's really covered well. Uh, let's do this thing that we've been doing for the last uh, the last few weeks and do a little mini site review. I realized uh, my last couple ones have been fairly long. So what, what I'm going to do with these two sites that we're going to talk about today is just point out a couple of things that I think would be helpful for improving these websites. Uh, so the first one comes from Lee and uh, Lee says uh, she blogs over at ladyleeshome.com. If you're trying to follow along and you want to open this site up on your phone or on your computer, it's all one word lady l-e-e-s home.com pretty uh pretty cool site i really like it um lee says i'm a listener of the marie haynes podcast i want to thank you first for all the information you share with us and the tips that you give they are so valuable and greatly appreciated well you're welcome lee and it really uh makes my day that you say that i'm really glad that you've uh, gotten value from my babblings over the years uh lee says i've been blogging for years now um and let's see i love this work with a passion and would love to figure out why my site is not seeing a steady climb in traffic. I add content regularly. I update posts regularly. I study SEO and follow guidelines, yet Google seems to love me one moment and hate me the next. And Lee uh, shared a screenshot of her Google search console, and I wish you could see this in front of you. It's got this massive drop that seems to follow uh, the November 8th um, unannounced update. So we'll talk about that in a second. And then it seems that uh, there's a bit of a recovery at some point, and then the May core update um, hit this site very, very hard. Now, I have not done, I, I'm going to say this every single time we do one of these reviews, I have not done a full review. Our full reviews take us a good two to three weeks 
uh, to complete. So this is just my cursory thoughts uh, upon uh, taking a look at this website. Um, so the question uh, that Lee had was, in the podcast of September 9th, Marie was talking about disavowing links. This is the only thing I didn't try yet. Um, and so she wants to know whether there's an issue with links. Uh, she also says that uh, I was never involved in building spammy backlinks. All of my backlinks are natural, yet I've never disavowed links either. So a lot of you listening to this are probably in the same boat where, uh, you know, you've, you've been doing fine and then all of a sudden one day your Google traffic sort of declines and then you start looking at your links. And often what happens is when you look at your links and you haven't really dug into link quality for your site in the past, it'll look like your links are horrible for pretty much every website. If you look at the last, you know, Ahrefs will show you like the last seven days, here's the new links that your website got. And it's usually from ultra spammy websites or like really old crappy image sites that link out to pretty much every site on the web. Um, and if that's what you're seeing in terms of links, then those are not hurting you. Pretty much every website on the web gets links like this. And if links are gonna hurt you, it's almost always because you You've been working hard to build links that uh, that that will convince Google to rank you higher, and and you have not done link building, so this is not an issue. Now, I you know the the link overview that we talked about uh, in my uh, last episode. This is a service that we offer that's a paid service where my team and I will spend several hours uh, going through your site's links. And so for any of you listening, if you're not sure whether you need to do a disavow, then that's something that we do offer. It is a paid service, though. It's not something I can do uh, for free on podcast. So I did have a quick look. And I mean, there's no overt patterns of link building uh, that jumped out to me right away as unnatural. But you did see a drop that seems to be coincidental with November 8th last year. Now, if you look up, uh, if you do a search for November 8th Google update, uh, last time I checked, we're ranking number one for that. I could be wrong. Uh, and a lot of people read my theory on how uh, the November 8th update had something to do with links. When I first wrote that article, we were talking about, all right, do we need to do a disavow for every site that was affected by the November 8th update? Uh, because it was very clear that the sites that were affected seemed to be sites that had used um, a certain type of link building technique. And I do see this on your site, but I think it actually happened organically, naturally. So this type of link is sort of roundups where um, if, uh, you know, a blog that's similar to yours will will write an article about a certain topic and say like here's three other articles we really loved on this topic uh, and then link out to a website like yours. Um, and I actually think that what happened on November 8th was that Google could recognize that a lot of the time when they see this, like here's three other sites we recommend or five other recommended posts, uh, that these are just part of a scheme. Uh, and, and so, um, you know, and not actually true recommendations for content. And our theory about November 8th is that Google got better at figuring out which links were uh, well, two things. One, Google got better at figuring out which links truly were recommendations for your content as opposed to which are there just because they're a popularity contest or like, hey, I have blogger friends too. Um, and the second thing that we think happened November 8th was that Google's use of BERT uh, for natural language processing made them better able to determine which content 
is truly best. And that means that they could put less emphasis on links. So in the past, if you had an article, uh, and the, the one article that I looked at, I realized I have chosen very poorly to look at which article because uh, it's a it's an article on how to butcher a duck. I'm not I'm not going to share with everybody how to butcher a duck because I feel like this is not uh, what you listen to podcasts for is a step by step tutorial on this. But it just happened to be the article that uh, popped up when I was I was looking at this. Now what I wanted to see. Uh, because this was an article that I believe um, I looked in Ahrefs and SEMrush, I believe it used to rank really well for uh, how to butcher a duck, and then it took a big hit, uh, and I believe that hit was after November eighth. I could be wrong with that. Um, and so one of our theories uh, at that time, again, was that Google was using natural language processing to determine which pages uh, really answered users' questions. And we have a theory that Google uses headings uh, in, a, in a large way. And John Mueller, uh, Gary Ish, a number of Googlers have talked in the last uh, couple of years about how important it is to structure your content with very, uh, very clear headings, making it really, really easy for users to skim. So we use, uh, there's a number of different Chrome extensions we use to look at headings on a page. This morning I opened up the detailed Chrome extension. This is something that Glenn Alsop created a little while back. Uh, and it's really, really handy because very quickly, uh, one of the things I could do was look at the headings on a page. And so I looked at the headings. So from the perspective of a reader who was trying to figure out if I'm trying to learn on this topic, would I get everything I need from, uh, from this particular article? Or is there another website that does a better job? And I see on this article that there are two H tags. Um, and the H tags are, there's a, oh, three H tags. The first one, H1, is how to butcher a duck step-by-step -step picture tutorial. The next H2 tag is how to butcher a duck. And then there's another H2 tag that says how to skin a duck. Again, my apologies for the graphic uh, nature of this SEO talk. Um, now that's it. That's So if I was a reader who landed on your page, it looks like it's really fun to read, but in all honesty, I didn't read it. I skimmed through, I looked at some pictures. I was like, okay, this could be interesting. But what we're finding is a lot of the time, the articles now that Google is preferring to rank are ones that actually get to the point quicker. Uh, ones that actually are really easy for users to skim. So the site that I saw ranking really well for, uh, I think it was How to Butcher a Duck, was a site called the Self-Sufficient Home Care, homeacre.com, the Self-Sufficient Homeacre. Um, and if you look at the H tags on this page, I'm not going to read them all out, but it starts with how to butcher a duck with complete instructions. Next, next H tag, how to butcher a duck getting started, what you will need, how to kill a duck humanely, cleaning the carcass, plucking, skinning a duck, how to disembowel a duck. I'm going to stop here. This is not what I had intended to talk about today, but you get the point that um, if, if you were Google and you had to look at the H tags on a particular page to say, am I more likely to get my answer on this page or on your page? I think that the one I just read out actually does a better job at answering. So one of the things that I would do is... Um, 
is actually take a look at some of your pages that declined. Take a look at structuring them better uh, and look at what's currently ranking. Now, you don't have to completely copy them, but what I want to do is look at it from the perspective, and it's very hard to do this from an outside perspective, from the perspective of somebody who is uh, trying to get information about uh, this particular topic, would it be easy for them to skim your content? And I think that uh, you will find that if you can structure your content with better headings, and then with each heading, you know, the first a line or two after the heading should really be something that Google would be happy to use as a featured snippet. Uh, and so in other words, like you have the heading and then you have a couple of lines that actually describe the answer to that heading. And then you can go into greater detail in the text below that. Uh, and I anticipate that if, if you could do that for a number of your articles, because it does seem like you have good articles uh, with really good content, that you'll probably see some improvements with a, a future update. Um, the other uh, comment that I'll, I'll give is uh, one that I gave last week for uh, the site that we looked at as well, is it's very hard to find information on what your last name is. Uh, I actually uh, had to do a bit of searching and I found an article on Hello Homestead, uh, which mentioned your last name. Now, why is this important? Because uh, it's all connected to entity information. Google with EAT is trying to figure out when this person writes about these topics, are they seen as an expert on that topic? And I see that you've got some great mentions. You know, you've been mentioned in, in a number of places, but it might be challenging for Google to figure out that the Lee that is mentioned um, on this, you know, authoritative website is the same Lee that is connected uh, with your website. So I really would uh, put your full name on your website. And I would also work with uh, trying to get mentions, including your full name as well, so that Google can put some pieces together and say, look, when we talk on these subjects, there are experts who are constantly referring to the work that Lee does or uh, recommending her, recommending her articles, that type of thing. That's the advice that I, I would give you uh, there. Um, let's see, next one. Let's talk about prettypurpledoor.com. Again, these are all, uh, just all one word, no spaces. Um, here's the question. Hi, Marie, my website is prettypurpledoor.com and I would love to hear your thoughts on the podcast site review. I teach homeowners about garden design through my blog articles, online courses, and eBooks. Started in 2012 and I've been following your advice for EAT and I think I'm improving it. My domain authority score is still low in the 20s. I'm not sure how to improve it more. All right, so let's, uh, again, if you want to, listeners, if you want to fire up this website, uh, I think there's stuff we can learn from here. Um, and I'm only going to give a couple of tips, uh, again, for the sake of time here. Um, first thing I noticed is when I, the very first thing I saw when I jumped on your site was I got a pop-up asking me if I wanted updates on new posts. Very few readers like these pop-ups. Now, we have one on our website, uh, but our pop-up is an exit intent pop-up. Uh, and it's not to send me updates on new posts. It's uh, to sign up for a newsletter. John Mueller tweeted something a little while back. Now, I'm not saying this is part of Google's algorithms, and I'm probably reading too much into this. Uh, I don't have it right in front of me, but somebody was asking whether uh, it was seen as a negative in Google's eyes when sites have this Chrome pop-up that wants you to, uh, to take an action, um, basically. And John's answer was essentially, well, I don't like it. Do you think other people do? Uh, and no, I don't, I mean, 
if it's something that's working really well for you and you are getting tons of people converting uh, because you have this pop-up, then maybe it's worth keeping. Uh, but my guess is it's just something that is an, an annoyance to people. Uh, I don't think I've ever clicked yes on one of these Chrome pop-ups. Uh, and so I would really um, urge you to consider whether you really need to have that pop-up there. Um, the next thing I saw, I put your site into SEMrush and watched the traffic. Uh, the traffic uh, has been growing and you've seen improvements with subsequent core updates. So, uh, so that's awesome. So you are obviously doing some things really, really well. Um, next thing I did was when I was in SEMrush, I took a look at what keywords you currently are ranking for. And I see that there's a lot of stuff about trees and narrow trees. I, I really don't know much about narrow trees. Um, and so I would try to find what content is actually ranking well for your website and how can I create more content that answers even more questions? Because very clearly Google feels that you are worthy of ranking for queries about narrow trees. Uh, and so um, you want to find other things that Google thinks that you're relevant to. Um, similarly, I didn't do this, but you can look at which pages of yours are struggling to rank. And are there certain topics that Google just seems not to rank you for? Uh, we see this a lot with sites that'll have, you know, fantastic content. And then maybe there's a post in there that's more medical in nature. And that post just doesn't do well because they're lacking expertise. Although something that you do really well that I want to share with my readers or my listeners here is uh, you quote experts. Now, some of you who are listening to this, you're writing on topics where maybe you're not the most known in the world on this topic. Um, and maybe you don't have decades of expertise. Something that you can do to bring credence and trust to your articles is to actually interview people or include quotes from people who are well known in the industry. And I think that's why like, I get tons of emails pretty much every day. I get somebody who wants uh, me to contribute to a roundup or an article that they're writing um, because that speaks to their credibility, uh, that if you're writing an article about EAT and you have a quote from me in it, um, Google sees me as an expert in this area, like Google linked to our blog post uh, on EAT from their blog post. Google sees that, and I'm sure that their entity graph has connections that say, all right, when people talk about EAT, often Marie Haynes is mentioned, and then, uh, you know, this SEO who's writing an article on EAT, uh, if they've got a quote from me, that could would speak to the, the trust in their article. Quality Raiders guidelines talk a lot about um, whether other experts are quoting your content, uh, about do other experts see your content as, uh, as, as trustworthy. So I saw um, you had a, a quote from, you said, according to Dick Crum, who is an expert on gardening for 45 years, uh, and then you're talking about this thing, as a reader, that is that speaks to me. You know, that's like, look, this guy who's been doing gardening and knows trees for 45 years, like almost as long as I've been alive, uh, probably knows his stuff. And he's not just some content writer, uh, you know, that you hired off of Elance. Um, rather, he's an expert. Uh, and, and I really like that you're doing that. Um, your about page reads like you've been reading my stuff. Uh, I love that you uh, talk about your journey and how you got into gardening. <laughs> I love uh, that you say you used to suck at gardening um, and uh, and now here's all the things that you've learned from it. Um, one of the things I noticed is that you have made great use of mentions. Uh, your mentions, so you've, you, you've said, you know, here's where I've been mentioned on this authoritative. I don't, I don't have it in front of me. I think 
I can't remember the sites, but I've been mentioned here. I've been mentioned here. I was interviewed here. Um, you link to those mentions with no followed links. I would actually recommend that you make those followed. Now, it's this is pure speculation. Um, we want Google to be able to connect the dots, right? I want Google to be able to say that, um, you know, this stuff that you mentioned on your website is uh, is also recommended by these authoritative websites, right? You, you want them to be able to make those connections. Now, with the changes Google made in terms to how they follow or don't follow no-followed links, it's possible that Google can make the connection and go, all right, this is the same person that was mentioned in this big gardening website or, you know, whatever. Um, but we would say, like, do all you can. And I would also recommend implementing same as schema uh, to say to Google, like, look, uh, the person uh, who is talked about in this particular authoritative place is the same person who runs uh, this this website, Purple, uh, purple Door. So uh, prettypurpledoor.com. The other thing, so you talked about domain authority and how to improve your domain authority. I think you know this, but domain authority is a metric made up by Moz, and it's made to uh, imitate Google's PageRank. Uh, and Moz is working on changing it. I, I saw something where they were about to launch a, um, a new way to measure page authority, uh, but they weren't quite happy with the results, and so they haven't launched that yet. Um, and so given that like, there's so much that we just don't know about how Google ranks websites, domain authority is one thing that you can look at, but it's not the be-all and end-all. And we see tons of sites that can rank just fine, even though they have a low DA. Uh, we see sites that have high DA that struggle to rank, so DA is not everything. But domain authority is based uh, primarily on links. And so though, if you really wanted to improve your domain authority, but really it's just a metric so you look better on Moz's uh, tool, it, it, you know, improving your domain authority doesn't directly improve your Google rankings, but indirectly it does because the things that you do to improve your DA uh, should also be valued by Google. Uh, but we don't know that for sure. So the way to get higher domain authority is to get links from authoritative places. Um, now I uh, did uh, suss out your, I can't remember if your last name was uh, on your website. I think it was. Um, and I looked at you on, on Google News. I didn't really see much mention Google News uh, of your name. Um, and I saw, I think Google News had some Pinterest listings for your website, but nothing that would make me go, oh, this authoritative website is really speaking uh, about this person right here. Um, so I would do all you can to try to get mentioned in the news. I've talked a lot about Harrow, help a reporter out. I would be paying attention every day to those emails that come in three times a day to say, well, where can I answer a question here and get mentioned in an authoritative place? Um, I'd also spend time looking at uh, things like um, uh, in on Reddit, data is beautiful is a subreddit, uh, and see what you can find that actually attracted a lot of links that's related to your subject. So what I'm thinking of here is, can you create something that people actually would want to link to? Maybe uh, a resource on, um, you know, I don't know. It's, it's hard to say because I haven't, I haven't spent enough time uh, digging into your website. But what you need to do is find ways to get more authoritative links. Another thing you could do uh, is to do something for your community and spread it out to local journalists. And that really, uh, in my opinion, can speak to your EAT as well.
Um, so hopefully that's helped you with a few tips there. I think you're doing a great job. And so thank you for your kind words for me. And I, I hope that I've given you a, a little bit of help there. Let's end with this uh, question. Uh, one final question. Now, there's some people who have asked for a site review and we've got a little bit of a backlog now. So if you asked for your site to be reviewed, uh, I will hopefully get to it in the weeks to come. Um, and if you want to submit your site for me to give you a couple of little tips, uh, you can do so at our newsletter. We have a form at mariehaines.com slash newsletter. And also uh, you can tweet at the MHC underscore Inc. Twitter account and, uh, and we'll, uh, we'll hopefully be able to take a look at your website. So here's one final question, user question. Should you no index your privacy policy and your terms and condition pages? My answer is no. Now, I know why people do put a noindex tag on these pages, and it's usually because most of the time it's duplicate content. Um, you know, I don't do we have a privacy policy? We probably have a privacy policy on our website, but I'll guarantee you that I didn't write it from scratch. Uh, they're almost all taken from somewhere else, and, um, and they're duplicate, but they're not going to hurt you. So duplicate content is an issue here. Uh, again, what I said earlier, if, if the vast majority of your website is made up of pages that are essentially duplicates of somebody else's, that's not good. If you have the odd page that's duplicate, all that it means is that Google's not likely to, to rank your page. So your privacy policy is probably not going to rank well for people searching for privacy policy. Uh, but I still want those pages in the index. And the reason for that is that uh, it's in the quality raters guidelines that the raters are told to look for, is it easy to find information on terms and conditions? Is it easy to find uh, whether you can get a refund? Uh, things like that. And if those pages are not in Google's index, then how can Google's algorithms figure out if they're easy to find? Um, so we would recommend that you have a link in your footer and that you follow that link. Again, Google could choose with what they've made to changes to no follow. They could choose to uh, just find your terms and conditions page regardless, even if it is a no followed link, but we don't know if they do that. We also don't know if they actually uh, look at your terms and conditions pages. But given that this is something that the quality raters are told to look for, we want to do everything we can to make it uh, easy for Google's algorithms to figure out that, yes, you do have a privacy policy. Yes, you have a terms and conditions page. That, um, that's a sign of a trustworthy business that you are sharing that type of information with your customers. Um, one word of announcement, we have a webinar coming up soon. It's been a while since we did a webinar. We did, a while back, we did some live webinars on EAT. I'm telling you, live webinars are stressful. Um, they're hard enough when somebody else is hosting them, uh, but when I'm responsible for all the tech or my team is, uh, it's challenging. So we're going to do a pre-recorded webinar, and this one is all about link quality and disavowing. So we've been asking for a couple of weeks for people to submit their questions, and we've got loads of good questions. I have more than I can answer in an hour's time. Uh, we're going to be publishing that. The hope is for October 15th. So if you have questions about auditing links, about using Google's disavow tool, uh, we'll have that video up on YouTube and I'll be tweeting about it too. So uh, you can follow me on Twitter or, uh, uh, you know, subscribe to our YouTube channel. I think we're close to a thousand subscribers now, which is pretty cool because we don't actively promote YouTube. Uh, I think it's something in the future that we'll, uh, we'll get into doing more of, but there's only so many hours in the day and I feel like we do a lot of stuff already. I'm, uh, I got a bunch of business stuff to do this afternoon. I have a call with my accountant and some business planning and all that fun kind of stuff. 
and then uh, and then I'm going to take it easy and play a bit of Fortnite this afternoon. So hopefully you are enjoying things. I hope that you haven't been strongly affected in a bad way by the Google craziness in September. Um, and if you have, I hope that it resolves soon. I wish you the best of luck with your rankings. <laughs> <laughs>